American Capitalism, A History, with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Now, you could argue that everybody benefits from this symbiosis between higher education, business, and the government. And certainly, uh, business obviously benefits from it, uh, in particular through the transfer of technology that's developed either through basic or applied research in higher education, the transfer of technology that they haven't had to pay for. They haven't had to pay to get it developed. Universities also benefit, and many individuals, including many individual professors, benefit as well by licensing uh, that technology, by taking out patents or copyrights or other kinds of devices that allow them and the university to both benefit from this research. And the government also, you could say, benefits uh, because uh, it creates a healthier economy, a more successful economy than would be the case uh, without this investment in the higher education system. And it certainly creates a much broader uh, and more productive university-educated population that you, than you would have without the substantial investment in higher education. But if you think about it, uh, what I have just suggested uh, is that U.S. capitalism is actually the opposite of what a lot of those who today consider themselves to be the defenders of free market capitalism actually say that it is. I've said that the ways in which the U.S. economy is the most successful in the early 21st century uh, are in those places uh, where the government, the university system, and business are the most tightly wound together. And again, if you go beyond higher education, you think about that list of the economic successors in which the U.S. economy is the most successful and productive relative to other economies in the world, the ways, the, the places in which U.S. capitalism is the leader. Think about it. Beyond higher education, there's also software design, new kinds of communication technologies, uh, defense industries, the creation of new advanced defense technologies, and even the financial industry. All of these are tightly connected to the university system. You have these people with one foot in, one foot out. So it's no accident, for instance, that Silicon Valley is this hotbed of uh, innovation generation after generation. And you have business after business springing up there and becoming a, a worldwide success, from Hewlett Packard in one generation to Apple in the next, to Google, and so on and so forth. It's no accident because a entrepreneur like Steve Jobs could hire dozens of trained engineers straight out of the colleges around there, the Stan Stanford and all the other Bay Area universities and colleges. They were trained, they were ready to go, they were creative, and they could draw on the resources of those universities, not only to get more personnel, uh, but to get people who worked half in and half out of those universities. So what I'm suggesting really is that the American uh, university system and its relationship to government uh, and to the economy as a whole, to big business in particular, especially those sectors of business that have done the best, uh, that have been the most successful over the last 50 years, that these suggest that U.S. capitalism is actually, uh, as of the early 21st century, not an entity that is primarily driven by the private sector or by the free market acting by itself or by small businesses or any of those things. It is in fact a new kind of thing. It's a symbiosis of government, 
big business and the university system acting together as one organism. For more information, go to edX.org and look for American Capitalism, A History with Lewis Hyman and Edward Baptist. Or go to facebook.com slash American Capitalism MOOC. This podcast has been brought to you by Cornell X from Cornell University. Thank you.